Welcome to Orion Valley. Hello, film fans. I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. Welcome to my podcast where I dissect movies with fellow film enthusiasts and discuss why we love the medium as much as we do. It is a super special one today, and I really appreciate you all tuning in to your session to talk about Goodwill Hunting with my good friend, Tyler Hubini. Welcome to the show, my friend. It is so great to have you. How are you today? Thanks, Josh. Great to be on. Doing good? (laughs) Good, 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 good. So we're talking Goodwill Hunting. This was one of your picks. Um, It's a very important movie, I think, for both of us, probably for for different reasons. Uh, Tell me, why did you choose this and what the movie means to you? Do you remember where you first saw it? Yeah, I mean, I think that whenever someone asks me... um what's your favorite movie? This is the the first thing that pops in my mind. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I think that I, I first found it when I was, I was on kind of a Robin Williams kick back in probably my junior year of high school. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'd watch dead poet society and loved that. Got really into his dramatic stuff uh, right. more so than his comedic stuff. And I don't know, just, I think it was the budding psychologist in me that loved it and <laughs> just, I don't know, there was something special about the movie and I think it is probably my favorite movie nice. of all time. It honestly was my favorite for so long uh, and I, I wouldn't say it's the number one, but it's definitely in my top five because it was, because I hadn't seen it for so long and I, I first saw it when I was in uh, fifth grade which is way too young yeah, to so see early. It's way too As my stepdad, I, he didn't even really show it to me. I kind of just like found it on my own. And when I watched it, it was the first movie that I remember um, really paying attention to the way that characters talk to one another. Like the dialogue in this movie is fucking fantastic. Um, but also like the emotional relationship between the characters felt so authentic. And I was just drawn to it. And I remember just always saying it was my favorite. And yeah, it's, it's still in my top five because of that. And I'm such a stickler for dialogue and good conversation um so and you know there's so many good examples of that and obviously you know when robin williams passed away a few years ago it kind of had a resurgence in that mm-hmm. in that way it's i mean it's also a boston movie yeah. there's so many great shots of boston and the performances so there's a lot to talk about but before we do i just want to do a couple quick specs on the movie um so we're doing goodwill hunting released in 1997 directed by gus van zandt co-written by ben affleck and matt damon uh it uh, was had a budget of $10 million and grossed $225 million, uh, was nominated for Best Picture that year at the Oscars, taking home two awards, one for uh, Best Screenplay for Damon and, Affleck, Damon and Affleck and Best Supporting Performance from uh, for uh, Robin Williams, the first and only time uh, that he had ever won. I remember my stepdad talking about this movie as if it was like, you know, one of the quintessential like classic you had to see it kind of movies um i think you know one of those robin williams getting into the dramatic you know uh ideal he had long hair he had the beard it was um but i i didn't know what the movie was about going into it you just said it was one that you'd kind of had to see i think that's one of the crazy things about this movie is like i was gonna ask you like 
how would you describe what this movie's about? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously it's about like a, a genius guy. Um, mm-hmm. And but I don't know, just to say that it's it's not encapsulating anywhere close to what the movie's about. Yeah, really, it it's it's weird because it's it's somewhat of a kind. You know, there is sort of a coming of age aspect to it because he's supposed to be you know 21 but it's more of the emotional journey of the just the character than it is a straight three-act structure um it's not but it's it's so strange because it's not like vignetted it's not episodic it's It's, very like um like it's it's very traditional film in a lot of ways and very like not traditional in a lot of ways which is kind of (laughs) odd which i i love about that like yeah it's like a different story in a very comfortable medium yeah it it does there is a comfort value to it even though there are scenes that are obviously very hard to watch this movie uh it it got me through college yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh so comforting yeah (laughs) um but it's it's strange because yeah you you describe it in like it is kind of a movie where the plot like really develops and really you start to fully put the pieces together as it goes along um it's not one that you can give like a quick brief like structured Two cent synopsis. synopsis. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much uh, just go along for the ride kind of thing, and it's more. But it's also it's a it's a movie of a bunch of people just having conversations. It's not um, high concept necessarily. It's very much drama oriented with some good humor in there. So it's I don't know. Do you think this is a <clears throat> excuse me? Do you think this is um, a movie now that is a little bit tough for people to kind of sign on for because it's not as high concept as a modern you know blockbuster quote-unquote because it is pretty different by today's standards yeah, i don't know i i think that there's i think it's there's something there to it that whenever you see it it's just kind of got that like special factor that once you see it you know like it's it's different there's something there to it that will always appeal to audiences i mean it's I think it's tragic that there's not as many movies like this. It, it's it feels I think like such a a passion project between uh, Damon and Affleck, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that you can feel that throughout the movie. So uh, I think that's kind of what makes it special. Uh, yeah, and it's not really just like this big blockbuster, which uh, I love. Yeah, I do too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, you you touched on something of the relationship between Damon and Affleck. It is absolutely a passion project between the two of them. It's the first thing they ever wrote together. It was really their, their big breaks on screen. You didn't really, you, I mean, you'd seen Damon had been in like courage under fire and, um, saving private Ryan just a, a year later. Um, but you know, wasn't, this is the thing that like they, they were known for immediately. They, like overnight became such a big, big sensation. And I think also because of winning the Oscar for the screenplay, um, the screenplay started, Damon was in a playwriting class and he had a final project of writing like a one act play. Instead of doing that, he wrote a 40 page, 40 page screenplay, which was basically the, the shells of what became Goodwill Hunting. And then he enlisted Affleck to come on with him and their relationship. Yes. Is like, I mean, obviously like the main relationship in the movie is between Robin Williams and Damon, but like this rewatch, I don't know how many times I've fucking seen this movie, but like this rewatch last night when I was going through, like the brotherhood and the friendship, like the true friendship between yeah. Affleck and Damon is what really stood out to me because it's still palpable. You still yeah. see them hanging out today. It's awesome. <laughs> I know. It's it's crazy how you can see that so clearly, even though that honestly, uh Ben Affleck's character is not even in the movie that much. Yeah, literally. He's, he's not even really a a character much at all. But 
there's something like you can just feel the connection between them two, those two. Uh, and honestly, it's like just even in the writing, you can tell like that a lot of effort was put into it and a lot of time and a lot of rewrites and a lot of a lot of like care and mm-hmm. emotions went into it. Yeah, I totally agree. And it also seems like I mean, even just to start like you know, it seems like these characters are actually having conversations that they've had before because they're both obviously from Boston. Uh, so it feels, you know, authentic in the culture, but it also feels like they've been trying to like tell certain stories or certain <laughs> jokes forever. Like the whole yeah. thing about the the joke on the airplane, uh, the story yeah. of the, you know, the Stadies police cruiser uh-huh. that Affleck tells. Like you could just tell they've just been waiting. Like these are things that they grew up hearing. As if it's the, Boston lore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they just wanted like so bad yeah. to put it into this movie. Yeah. And you, there's, yeah, there is a lot of energy to that. It's just these guys making this movie, like doing whatever they can to, you know, tell this story and just, but also have fun. Like you can tell they're really relishing in the roles Mm -hmm. like and everyone you know is really um it is interesting you said i totally forgot yeah ben affleck is in like (laughs) like such a few number of scenes Mm -hmm. and he has like one really great or like two like really great scenes that actually fit into the story to show what his position is um but he like is like throwing a hundred like he is Uh so fucking good and so funny it's it's like almost as if this movie has like a whole universe behind it and you can tell that ben affleck's character has like all these other scenes that's as like as if you knew they were written but like you don't actually see them yeah i think a lot of them were probably written and probably just cut but yeah right uh, there yeah there is you can you can really feel that there is so much history between really all of the characters i mean obviously yes a lot of characters meet in this story for the first time but their relationships within one another and their rapport like definitely um you know is seeping through and feels mm -hmm. honest and Mm -hmm. i i love honesty in relationships like that yeah yeah it definitely has that like just natural honesty to it i don't know if it's between the friendship between the the writing just i mean the 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 care in putting motivation behind the characters i think it's like they're such complex characters that you can't honestly write them and yet somehow like damon and affleck like just nailed them like as if they like (laughs) had these intensely complex characters uh and like are able to psychoanalyze them kind of mm-hmm. basically uh throughout the movie uh in like deep ways that it feels like only real humans are rather than like just characters written on a page you know yeah absolutely and even like the dialogue itself just some like sometimes obviously feels very theatrical and planned but because they're so like into their own characters they're like they're so committed and knowing of like everything that this character has been through up until this point you like are able to be like sucked in it's Mm -hmm. it's so fun um i wanted to kind of track back a minute because you said like this movie got you through college and i'm just curious in terms of rewatch and why like in terms of like obviously you said it's your favorite movie and we'll talk about you know we'll answer the big question at the end but what is the rewatch factor of this movie, do you think? Because, like, I've gone back and seen it, like, so many times, and there are certain parts of it that stick out to me more so other times. Like, especially, like, I love the bar scene where they're telling stories, and anytime, like, the, the humor really lands. But, like, there is a 
comfort to this movie. Do you think like that has something to do with it? Like, I don't know what it is because again, there's some scenes that are tough to watch, but like, I like hanging out with these people. I like seeing them interact and seeing the love blossom between like, you know, Skylar and Will. But like, I don't know. Is it like a comfort thing? Yeah, I was exactly going to (laughs) say comfort. Um, I think that it's just like when you're able to feel those really raw emotions of what Will is going through, uh, see how he affects uh, Robin Williams' character, see how he affects uh, Ben Affleck's character, and that relationship between uh, Will and Skyler, um, and this like journey that Will goes on. Uh, I mean, I think that it has this comfort because it's like, he feels he feels so like in control and as if he's powerful because he has this like in, insane knowledge um and then you realize like he's not in fact like this in, in like unbeatable person honestly yeah. mm-hmm. uh and that there's like a real person behind there and that is just like that understanding is is just i don't know there's something like so shatteringly different about it mm-hmm. just to be able to understand that character and i mean i also think that it's just been like interesting to me because uh this sort of like <laughs> like psychology is obviously something that i'm interested in as like a someone who's interested in becoming a psychologist uh and it's something that my family has always done. Like we sit down around the table and talk about personality for like hours. And right, so I, yeah. it feels like that it was almost a bit of home to have like Robin Williams talking about or like doing the same thing that my family does for uh, this character, Will. So nice. I think that's kind of what it was. Are you also unburdened by genius? Is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely not claiming that here. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just waiting for the day that you give me the Chucky speech that he does. Like, <laughs> you know, the best part of my days. Um, I think. I think also the, the there's a couple things like about this movie that that add to the comfort level to it. First of all, I think setting it in Boston and making it feel like a hometown kind of movie um, is a big part of it. Like we did a whole segment on LA movies and how that makes it feel like a character. Um, I, I don't think that Boston is necessarily another character in this movie, but it like it definitely adds an, a level of atmosphere to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel like you know the area and like, cause these guys obviously know it and grew up in it. So it's, um, and you also get a lot of the juxtaposition between kind of the higher class elitism of MIT mm-hmm. and, uh, and Harvard, and then the Southern kind of lower class area yeah. of Boston. Um, and you know, I love hearing the Boston accent. I think it's fucking great <laughs> having it yep. like in the, the, the whole that. the whole dialogue. When you finish the movie, you kind of want to talk in it. Like you kind of <laughs> yep. wish you could speak. Like yeah, exactly. Um, and the other thing is, I think because this is a story about young people. This is a, mm-hmm. this is a story like like I said. Obviously, Damon was twenty seven, but the character is supposed to be twenty throughout the most of the movie. And I mean, it's not like a distraction, but it's pretty clear it's Matt Damon when he's like, you know, mm-hmm. 27. Um, yeah. But it's a movie about, you know, getting in touch with yourself and understanding, uh, like understanding your past and trying to make the next step and understanding, um, understanding the fear that you feel in terms of moving forward. I mean, you and I talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, uh, yeah, I think it's one of the, if you watch it at a specific age, you know, it feels like, 
it's easier to connect with. Like, I think it is kind of a younger person's movie. And I don't mean that in terms of like being trendy or like a part of a certain group or a, you know, a, a Gen Z or, or a millennial kind of thing. It just feels like this, these are a lot of feelings that you have when you're younger mm-hmm. um, and just trying to start to get your life rolling. And, you know, I, I kind of connected with that a little bit more now after having graduated college um, and trying to, you know, find the, find your way. Um, and, I don't know. I think just at this part of my life, I, I still enjoy the younger man's movie and mm-hmm. the there's so much adolescence in this movie. Um, and it's not like I mean, not like necessarily childish, but like everyone's so so has so much more life to live. And I think that's why Robin Williams is so good is because he's he's a great mentor. Yeah. He's a great friend. Yeah, I think it. I mean, this movie has definitely changed from when I first saw it back in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something definitely to it that's like. Every time I rewatch it, uh, there's something new that I'm seeing that it feels like it's just applying to my life where I'm at right now. Yeah. Uh, I think like there are very, very few people who can truly understand Will, yeah. uh, the character, but that's not really the goal. I mean, it's like almost as if let's just make it this extreme character and yet there's parts that everyone can connect to and like no matter what stage you're at, uh, which I don't know. I, I love that. Yeah, totally agree. Well, with that, I think we should just get into talking about the whole story and the scene. So let's get into the critical breakdown. There, there's so much there's so much to talk about <laughs> I have very few qualms with this movie I mean it's not perfect but it's mm-hmm. just one that really hits you um, I definitely want to talk uh, about the performances just to kick off um, I think you know it's it's interesting to look at Matt Damon at this point um, because you can really see I mean, this, in my opinion, is him at his best. You see everything that he's great at in terms of, you know, the fast-talking, attitude-giving Boston actor, but he's also someone you can instantly like. I mean, obviously, the character is someone who's kind of a shithead Mm -hmm. and, you know, does some pretty bad things, but, you know, he's so... He has a charisma to him behind this toughness that is really easy to see, Um, and I think this is his best performance. I think he's just dynamite and he's so fun to watch and just seeing how yeah how he interacts with every single different person and the timing of his lines like he is able to do these long monologues which is going on and on and on and make them interesting and but also do them really fast like when he's doing that whole thing about the nsa yeah. he is talking <laughs> so fucking fast yeah you you genuinely believe that he's a a genius yeah literally, yes. I, I mean i think that that is definitely one thing that the performances do very well is to like they're not hindering from the actual story at all like you they're they're not like okay i gotta pretend this guy's really smart and he's saying like a bunch of math facts that i don't understand yeah. but like it it really feels real that he's doing that and mm-hmm. uh and Robin Williams feels very real in that therapist role. Um, yeah. And, like, obviously, Ben Affleck's character feels very real in the, the friend role. Yeah, I, I love Robin Williams in this movie. I think it's my probably my favorite performance of his, too. Although I do love Dead Poets as well. I'm a huge fan of that movie. But this one is, like, very different because it is so dramatic. It's, yeah. like, very much, like, the serious, like, 
I mean, I guess just him being a therapist and being a psychologist is very just is very grounded in being uh, in in just in drama. But he does. He still has a couple moments to like get the Robin Williams humor out. <laughs> but like in this, he's the he's like a mentor. You know, he is basically taking like an, an aged, more um, I guess broken version of his professor character in mm-hmm. Dead Poets. Like he is so he's been through a lot. Obviously, his wife died. Um, but he is, you know, when he meets this kid, he kind of feels this, almost this, I don't want to say he gets, gets his life back, but he's able to, he's able to joke. He's able to tell stories like the whole, the whole baseball scene is so good. (laughs) And you get to see him just like interact with Will and run around the room. And it's, you know, again, it's believable, but you also, you don't need that. You don't need him to do that in terms of, in terms of keeping you interested. Mm -hmm. You know, you can just have him talking to you know Stalin Skarsgård and like you know calling him a fucking prick and it's still interesting a mathematical dick yeah <laughs> one of the greatest lines uh, it's, not, it's not about you you mathematical <laughs> dick <laughs> i love that scene yeah. that scene is so good um but you know what i mean like you you can just see it as it is and you don't have to have him go crazy yeah. to keep your attention that was kind of the power of robin williams he was able to do that on either side i think yeah i think that when i first watched uh this movie being on that Robin Williams kick, I was like, wow, this is so different. I mean, he's, he's like literally a different person mm-hmm. honestly, in this movie, uh, compared to his more comedic stuff. Uh, and he doesn't have that like fast talking, rambling constantly, like just going off the, whatever's on the top of his head. Uh, and I love that. And it feels like he's really like, like I, I wonder why he took this role honestly, because mm-hmm. I mean it's not a lead role in reality, and he probably could have taken something bigger at the time. Yeah. Uh, and like I think that he just genuinely had a connection to it, and I, I wonder what his relationship with therapy is, and what his relationship with this character is, and I think it's like. Honestly, this movie is like an insight into Robin Williams a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. No, for sure. And he, I think he took it because he read the script and he really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and he was just like, you know, totally on board. And because of that, they were able to get more funding for the movie. Um, and yeah, you, you, you know, it's it's interesting to see him in this because now we obviously know, we, have, we know so much more about him than people did back then. And having his, you know, tragic suicide, you do see this portrait of someone who is kind of you know, broken down and having a lot of the light kind of sucked out of him because of, um, because of death of the death of his wife. And, you know, he is in ways trying to find, you know, a purpose or just trying to find enjoyment in really anything. Um, and I think a lot of this movie does have to deal with, you know, your purpose in life and what you choose to do and what you want to do and, you know, who you owe everything to. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was, and he was just always such a beacon of light and, and everyone loved him. And he was obviously, you know, has a great catalog of films and, uh, but just like being a personality in pop culture for so long is like that in and of itself, regardless of how good or bad his films are, um, you know, he was an icon. Like Mm -hmm. he was, everyone knew Robin Williams. Yeah. I mean, he was basically will hunting he was a genius at Mm -hmm. what he did uh and i think because of that he kind of hid behind that and uh you know was hiding this whole 
life story and the fact that he's really a human behind there. Yeah. Uh, and like after watching it after uh, his death, it's like, wow, God, mm-hmm. this is too real. And it's like, I wish, yeah, <laughs> I wish uh, Robin Williams just had yeah. a Sean McGuire. Yeah. Like therapist. one more. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's, it's like right on the nose. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and he like I was in. I remember I was in Boston when I when the news broke that he had died, and the the energy of the whole city changed like completely yeah. overnight. It was so different. And they you know set up a memorial in the park where they do the whole big you know you don't know the first thing about me you know monologue. They had yeah. like a whole memorial set up for him. So he obviously left a lasting imprint. And I think this movie is one of the Mount Rushmore performances of his like he gets and he is like the definition of a supporting character because he's not in like the majority of the movie but he's also you know he really gets to make the other actors better Mm -hmm. and really show like I mean obviously most of his stuff is between either Gerald Lambeau or Will but he like makes them up their game you know and that scene we just mentioned where he's yelling at Gerald Lambeau and he like he gets bigger so Jerry gets bigger and then they start then they're just yelling at each other yeah. by the end so it's a great like he was so good at making people match his energy yeah and I mean his relationship with uh Professor Lambeau I mean it feels like again like they were two in- intensely smart people uh and uh Sean ended up working for a community college, ended up still in Southie, ended up... Uh, There's nothing wrong with working at a community college, <laughs> let me just say, also. It's a totally noble profession. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, not crapping on it. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I love that comparison between Lambo and this, like, hotshot, smart guy. Yeah. Uh, and it, it feels, again, like a bit of a, like comparison for robin williams like Mm -hmm. he's taking this because that's what he's consciously choosing to do and i mean there's a line in the movie saying like i i consciously chose to be here i like uh professor lambo says something like like well it's not my fault that you ended up where you end up and he says like i chose to end up here and yeah I, I feels like that i he chose to end up in this movie right because yeah. it's like about his morals it's about so much more than just you know making money and yeah and you, you I, I i noticed their relationship more on this rewatch too because like i remember the big outburst that they have at the end and the argument like obviously there's a but there's so much distance between the two of them even from the get-go like when he just shows up at his class and he and you can see the look on Williams's face. He's just like, "Oh, it's you." Like he's not like happy to see him. Yeah. He's just like, "Oh, hey, how's it going? Let me yeah. read your, you know, walking what in with his ego." Yeah, like, let me just read your Wikipedia specs to my <laughs> yeah. psychology class. Um, yeah. But like he, um, but yeah, they they don't like each other. And I mean, like I guess like technically they do because they have history. But like you can tell there's some content between them you know Gerald is constantly being like you know I did this and I did this so he should be able to do this and Sean's like slow down no he has to find it himself and like what if he doesn't want to do this and he has to kind of break through and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of tension between them and especially like at that scene at the bar where you know he's like like you said you know he's 
don't be mad at me because I, you know, was more successful than you. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I choose, I chose to be here. And it's like this so clearly they are not going to crack each other yeah. and they can't get through to each other. Like that was a relationship that really popped out. To yeah. Me. And, and like, there are so many people out there defining success as getting a, uh, Nobel prize or whatever mm-hmm. it is in their field. Um, and it's like, I love that about, uh, Lambo's character because he's so fallible as well in that he's like he thinks he's the hot shot he yeah. thinks he's like this big thing and like there's that scene with him like oh god flirting with the girl oh my god also he's he's pretty creepy he's so creepy <laughs> he's so I creepy oh my god yeah he because he says i told because i remember him at the party being like unless you want to have a drink with me tonight but i totally forgot when he's I, talking to the one girl is like yeah math is arousing it's like oh my god yeah. <laughs> oh. It makes you want to cringe. It's so gross. <laughs> but there's totally people out there like that. Oh, yeah, it, for sure. Like, uh, God, you people are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because, like, you know, he, he is the hot shot and very arrogant and very, you know, obviously very successful. But you have him and Sean, they're, they're so... They butt heads so often because they're the perfect medium or the, the, the opposite end of your spectrum for Will, who's right in the middle. And one side is Jerry, who is the super successful, not in touch with himself emotionally, clearly is very much driven by success and sex and all of that. And then Sean, who is all emotion and knew the personal choices that he had to make, but isn't successful and mm-hmm. isn't really driven by that. And Will is right in the middle and he doesn't really know which, mm-hmm. obviously, which way to go. So it's the very clear you know, physical um, extended meta- metaphor throughout the whole movie. But, you know, because of that, you get great conversations between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it would be one thing if you get good scenes between Gerald and Will or Will and Sean, mm-hmm. but to have all three of them interacting with one another, and it's equally as interesting. Yeah. Like, for a first-time screenplay, my tip my hat to them. It's so good. Yeah, like, just trying to pull Will in two directions. It yeah. seems like, like defining what success is uh and i think that what like i think that's really what this movie's about and i mean uh we'll talk more about that later i'm sure Mm -hmm. but like that success doesn't just mean being the hot shot in your field doesn't just mean winning the field's prize doesn't mean uh all of this it means being human going chasing after a girl and uh, you know, like working through who you are and your faults and all of that stuff. And I think that like it's a complex thing to portray. And I think it's so beautifully portrayed in this movie. Yeah, I think. totally agree. God, if I could get to the point in my life where I have a, I got to go see about a girl <laughs> moment. That'd be incredible. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's so cheesy, it but is. it's also just like, oh, it's like the perfect movie moment. Like, yeah. you know, it's so good. Oh um, God, go, yeah. go ahead. Right, I was going to say, uh, I wanted to ask you like, how cheesy do you think this movie is? I, I mean, like, I, <laughs> I was thinking about it beforehand and I was like, like, oh man, is this like, is this actually as good a movie as I think it is? Like, or is it just this cheesy, like nineties movie? Like, cause it, I think thinking back on it, it's like, Oh yeah, it's, it's kind of cheesy. It's got these like long monologues, like mm-hmm. uh, perfectly prepared dialogue, like a lot of cheesy elements, but 
I don't know. I wanted to hear your take. No, on I, t- I, I think it's because it's seeped in the 90s. I think it's very clearly made in 97. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the way people look, the hairstyles. Matt Damon's hair is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> the, the clothes they're wearing. It's But, but also, like, they're... Because of the drama that they put into it, I think it separates it from being just total cheesy romance garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and yes, the, like the go see about a girl thing is is cheesy, mm-hmm. but because it's so it fits the character so well, it feels honest. I really appreciate that, and also you know, I think I think it's pretty romantic. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah. I so I like it, and also again because the characters are, I think also because they're crass and very uh, uh, like. Um, aggressive at parts of the way that they talk to each other um and you know will hunting and his friends are they just beat the shit out of people i don't know where they're kind of <laughs> dangerous um you know i think it that separates it from being a, just another cheesy nut like it's the biggest biggest movie that came out this year was titanic mm-hmm. right that movie is very cheesy mm-hmm. like the love story in that movie and i like titanic don't get me mm-hmm. wrong but like it's that that is very seeped in 90s romantic cheese um whereas this has some but it's also like the scene at the after like the when him and mini driver are talking and he she's like i've been here four years and i just now found you Mm. yeah that's a cheesy moment like for sure but like i believe their chemistry and i believe that everything that led up to this moment it's like working like like real life cheese like I mean, it's pushing it, but people would probably say that in real life. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, people are a bit cheesy in real life. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, like the whole, I gotta go see about a girl. Like, I don't think that that's as cheesy because it feels like, like it's like poking fun at it a little yeah. bit. Uh, well, I believe these characters yeah. too, I think, is I believe, you know, everything that's going on, you know, between them. Um, I, and I love... Um, yeah, I just, I just I I believe it. Like I don't think it's not cheesy to where it's cringy. It's not. It's like yes, there is some cheese, but it's also like I kind of admire it. Where I'm like, ah, okay, <laughs> I, I I like it. You know, it's not. I'm not annoyed. I'm not yeah. just like, oh, you you know where this is going, kind of thing. Yeah. But because also like they set up story, you know, they set up the story beats well, like. The whole thing about, you know, I got to go see about a girl. Great setup. The whole mm-hmm. thing about Chucky saying, you know, when I hope I knock on the door one day and you're not there. And then bringing that back at the end. You know, there's there's good writing in yeah. it. So I think that's what separates it from other. Yeah. From other Definitely romance. having like having these like there's quite a few monologues or like big scenes basically where they're like very specifically written. Uh, and I think it toes the line between like if it was written a little bit worse yeah (laughs) Uh, it could have been really cheesy but uh because like when you get such like beautiful writing yeah it it is like immediately beyond cheesiness yeah well i also just think this is also a really good movie about friendship like i think that's kind of at the forefront of this entire movie like yes there's the actual romance between skylar and will um, but most of it is centered around, you know, him and Chucky, him and Jerry, him and Sean. Like, it's all about friendship. Um, and, you know, I think that I kind of wanted to circle back to Damon because, I mean, he is like, he is just dynamite in this movie. And, like, some of their, or, well, Damon and Affleck, I mean, but they're both, like, so good. And their friendship, like, you believe, like, these guys, yes, they're not actually but like they're brothers like you totally mm-hmm. believe that and you know there's the great <laughs> there's the great scene at the bar 
at the Harvard bar where Chucky goes to talk to Mini Driver and he gets, uh, you know, uh, he gets talking to the one guy and then Will just comes in and saves him and basically dunks this guy. My boy's wicked smart. My boy's wicked smart. <laughs> oh, my number one quoted movie uh, line of all time. It's that. We say that all the time. Casey Affleck, also really good uh, in this yeah. movie. <laughs> He's yeah. so funny. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Why do you hump a baseball glove? <laughs> oh, his character is also so odd. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> uh, it's so relatable as well. Yeah. Like, you don't even need to see him that much. Yeah. But, uh, he is the little brother, though, because, like, he's obviously, he's, uh, in real life, he's Ben Affleck's little brother. Yeah. Like, it's Casey Affleck. But, like, he, you can totally tell he's, like, the pipsqueak of the group. You know, he's, like, the little guy. He's yeah. the one that everyone, like, kind of rags on. You know, yeah. I asked you yesterday if I could get a job. And I told you no yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, everyone, every friend group has that one person. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, tries to size himself up. Yeah. And he just can't do it. Oh, oh my yeah. God. It's, it, that's the other thing. It's a, they're all four of them. It's such a great group of friends. Yeah. They yeah. have such good chemistry with one another. And, like, they bounce off each uh-huh. other. Like, oh, you went out there and the rain you didn't have a number no it's your mother's 900 number i just ran out of quarters yeah oh god yeah anytime those four are together it's great uh yeah my chuck i had a double burger <laughs> you shut the fuck up i know what you wanted i was there uh, there's so many quotable lines i know i love that whole that whole double burger scene is yeah. so goddamn funny to me <laughs> just the i always wish like because that's again that's another when i was a kid i was like who does this who talks like this, this is amazing yeah. like he's just like oh well, put your fucking sandwich on layaway every day you push yeah. you on a program every day you come yeah. up with your six cents the end of the week get your sandwich yeah <laughs> oh god i can just imagine uh damon and f like just dying right now. yeah we're just like them this is like actually what they're they sound like <laughs> can i have my food now please here's your fucking double burger <laughs> Oh yeah. my god, I love it. I love it so much. And then like that is right before they just beat the shit out of this random guy, yeah. Carmine Scarpagli. Oh but the god. balls you have to have as a writer to name the hate sick of your movie, Carmine oh Scarpagli. God. Unbelievable flex. Uh god. Oh shit. I love them going to the the baseball park too. It's like why are you going to watch? Yeah, they're just there to watch a little, little league, league game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Take two, Mac. Take two. Uh, so Boston, it feels though. So it's so weird. Like, yeah, I would never, yeah. ever do that. And I mean, we're from a small town, but like, yeah. that's not. It's definitely not an upstate New York <laughs> thing. That's for sure. Oh, it's so. Yeah, it's just like they, it, because I think it's another one of those things where it's just in terms of the whole thing about life, it's just like. They don't. They don't really know what to do. They're just bored and hanging out. So it's like, what do they do? Okay, they're just gonna go watch this little league game, and yeah. then they don't want to be there. So it's like, all right, let's go grab some food. Yeah. And then they just beat someone up. It's so like, I don't know. It just it feels so. Like, it feels like you're part of the culture. I think like mm-hmm. you're really like, damn. I want to root for this little league team too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just start going to little league near me. <laughs> uh, that sounds really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, no, I totally get what you mean, though. Yeah. Like you're, you're very much like I, I want to hang out with these guys. Yeah. Like I want, and it's, and it's weird because I don't really necessarily think you're, because again, you get, you get the sense early on that Will's different. Like he's obviously very smart and he's very, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, loves his friends, is very loyal to them, and it isn't really motivated by what he's doing in life. He just, he likes his life, and he's just like I'm gonna born here i'm gonna live here and i'm gonna die here you know that's the you know, abc kind of mentality mm-hmm. but uh you know and he's 
he had assault, assault, racketeering, assault, breaking and entering, like Grand, so, Theft, Auto, Grand yeah. Theft Auto. So many things on his rap sheet. You're like, yeah, this guy should be in prison, but you also you know, like him. It's kind of weird, and that's why I think this is another good example of a movie where I don't think we necessarily have to have movies that are with entirely good characters. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's important to be self aware. Um, but like we can have movies of characters who are kind of shitty and we can, and it's okay to be invested in what's, you know, going on. And it's about the journey, you know, it's about like where, you know, where they go. And finally, you know, by the end of the movie, Will is able to make, you know, make the leap. Mm -hmm. Um, and plus he has enough people around him that are good. So like, you know, Sean's good. Um, uh, Skylar is, is good in his life that he's trying to, you know, emulate them and keep them, um, you know, and I so I, I'm not turned off by the fact necessarily that he's a, you know, at the beginning of the movie he's a bad guy. Um, I'm still able to invest myself in the story. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a little bit different than this like sort of uh, like antihero kind of thing. Yeah, uh, he's not quite that, but like like you never dislike him really. Yeah, um, but I think that adds to that realism of the movie because it's like. Okay, if I get in this person's shoes, really, if I truly understand their world, why he's doing all of this, why he, why he loves his friends this much, why he loves his community this much, uh, and like, you you understand this person as a person, not as a character who has like, oh, he's a bad guy, but he's like got this crazy ability. Uh, yeah like a superhero almost kind of thing um like that's that's how real life is i mean that's there there are people who are complex but and do bad things but they probably have a reason for them Uh, yeah but he he also is it's not like observational too so it's not just i mean it's it's more observational than it is because like he's not like the the i mean he's the hero of the movie but he's not like the hero in the sense of he's throughout the entire story constantly trying to fight 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 and then he just keeps getting pulled back 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 his mm-hmm. only limitations are his own mm-hmm. so you're really just you're just watching him go about this specific point in his life and I love that and I love when movies do that um, you know it's not like and it's also not the you know the far other end where it's like like Joker or something where it's like clearly a bad guy and and that movie doesn't really know what it wants to be so it's like it's 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 different i think speaking on the cheese i think the one thing that holds this movie back um and makes it seem much more trying to be as uplifting as possible and trying to be um i guess more heartfelt warm and cheesy is the score the music throughout is not very good in my opinion <laughs> it's the one thing because it's Danny Elfman and it makes the whole movie have this Disney sound to it which is not what fits the movie there's a there was an, a, an artist who did a couple songs for the movie is um, uh, Elliot Smith um, who tragically passed away shortly after releasing music for this movie but he um, the two so- he has two songs I think both of which were nominated for best original song um, and they're really good because the movie already has a lot of angst to it mm-hmm. and the songs that he puts in there are very like you know slower kind of have this like acoustic guitar and piano in the background and then the score is like this weird Disney kind of like I don't know. It's like it's too like sports movie kind of music. It's <laughs> yeah, so strange. It, does. it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work. I. I feel. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like conflicted over the the score. There are some parts where I'm like, 
I mean, it's it's like nineties, but yeah, uh, it's very. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like got an endearing quality to it, and I can't tell if that's just because my emotional attachment to the movie, yeah, uh, uh-huh. or if that's just like actually true uh but i don't know like that first the the very opening of the film like this long sequence uh is very like it feels like it's like okay gotta prepare for myself like it's gonna be a 90s movie yeah (laughs) but then it doesn't turn out that way i don't think uh yeah there are some really odd parts where the the music is like why why are we doing this right now yeah but you know well, because they have to fill the time because, like, really this movie is a lot of... It's a lot of conversations. It's a lot of people riding around in cars and it's a lot of people riding around on trains. Yeah. So there's a lot of dead space and I don't think that's necessarily a fault of the movie. Yeah. It's just they have to put something there. They feel the need to put something there. I think if this movie was made now... And I think you could make this movie now. It would be just very different. It would mm. be, you know, like, kind of a little bit more... You know, it would be even more independent uh, and, uh, I think they would just kind of let things go on for a while as opposed to needing to fill everything. And I also think that because of the score, it is more positive. They definitely want you to be like, see, this kid's okay. Like this kid's like, he, he's good. He's just like, you know, um, and that's fine. Like, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it doesn't work for me yeah. personally. There's so much, like everything else in the movie makes me root for the characters. Yeah. Except for that one thing. It just, just yeah. takes me out of it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that the the breaks, the long breaks between scenes, it, it makes it feel like it's like, all right, these were kind of written as distinct scenes. Yeah. Uh, going from one to the next to the next. And as if, um, you know, then someone else came in afterward and said, well, we, we got a lot of time to fill. Yeah. Uh, and we got to connect these scenes a little bit. But I don't think it's necessarily in a bad way. I think that makes it feel very much like... Uh, like more traditional kind of thing where it's yeah. like distinct discrete episode like not episodes but uh scenes yeah where they're very different from each other and you do one transition the other transition mm-hmm. uh, which i think partially adds to the comfort partially adds to the cheese yeah no that, that's that's fair and you are right there are there are especially in the beginning there's a lot of just like scene 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 they do connect but it is uh mm. i think that's also a 90s thing just in terms of editing they feel like they just kind of had to continually get to from one scene to the next yeah um you know there's that whole montage where he's talking to other therapists especially the one guy where he calls him gay and the one guy who does the hit like hypnotism <laughs> yeah. and he starts singing uh fucking <laughs> afternoon delight yeah so funny come on one dance <laughs> you really hypnotize me you know yeah <laughs> Uh, that's a good sequence <laughs> it's good right yeah because and that also is just shows you like or it sets up early on that he's like i don't like i'm comfortable like, with who i am i'm fine like i'm of these defense mechanisms is the definite yeah, it's definitely a defense mechanism and like you know he does that too with later on when he sends chuck to do the job interview for him which is <laughs> fucking great like retainer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just let's just give ben affleck two minutes just to oh cook right like it's just we're gonna do it in three setups and then we'll be good for the day like just go off <laughs> it's just him in this fucking ridiculous suit calf high white yeah. tube socks boat shoes and his hair is in this shitty comb over <laughs> It's like he is a clown and he is yeah, loving yeah. it. Oh my god. It's yep. so funny. 
good day to you, sir. <laughs> I have and 73, yeah. I have $73 in my back pocket. <laughs> like, what the fuck is, I still don't know, like, what's necessarily, what he's, what he's doing. He's just, yeah. like, being a goof. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> yep. Um, let, I, we haven't talked much about the therapy scenes. I think that those are the ones that really kind of hit this movie hard. Mm-hmm. And again, separate it because, you know, you just get two great actors in the in the room and you just kind of let them go. Um, you know, the first one is so cool because it establishes, you know, establishes everything about their relationship and just where they are at that point. Because, you know, Sean is like, I don't know about this. And Will is definitely like, nah, fuck this. You think that this guy's going to get to me? Uh-uh, no way. And he's just making fun of all the books on the wall. And once he gets to that painting, you know, that's where everything changes, you know. And it, obviously it comes to fruition when he... Uh, when they're in the park and Robin Williams is like, you don't know the slightest thing. You're just a kid. You you do not know anything, mm-hmm. which is also fairly different for Robin Williams because like, you know, he was so uplifting in, uh, in dead poets where he was like, you know, make your lives extraordinary boys. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he's like, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> like, you, I, I get it. You're smart, but you don't know anything. Yeah. I don't know. I think that that's like, like, that there's something uplifting to like calling someone out i think that especially for this character uh will he has this defense mechanism which is incredibly strong and no one can penetrate because he's just smarter than everyone else and he can uh find his way out of every like argument um and robin williams character is the first one that is like he can't break like he mm-hmm. can't and i think that that first scene is of of therapy is great because it's like it's this like war between the two people honestly of like will is trying to defeat uh sean um and you can see him trying to pull out every stop he's like oh you lift what do you bench? Two eighty five. What about you? And then he, doesn't and then say he moves anything. on immediately. Yeah. To the next thing. Uh, oh, you read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to come at him for uh, what books he reads, um, and Sean just handles it like a like a pro. Yeah. And uh, moves on to the next thing, and then finally, you can see it. He he loves it when he finds that thing, that weak spot. Uh, like Matt Damon literally gives just a a small smile uh and like (laughs) i worked for a summer camp with like autistic kids Mm -hmm. uh, a couple years ago and i remember in my training uh they said like they will try like these kids will try and find your weak spot and they will find it yeah Uh, and they they told the story of like how uh this one like military guy who's like super strong super like masculine uh like had to leave because some kid found his like weak point basically and i was like this is exactly what it feels <laughs> like like uh will is testing him yeah trying to find his weak, weak you, spot you do see that kind of glint in his eye where he's like oh yeah i'm gonna fuck this guy <laughs> yep, up got it <laughs> yeah and then he it's interesting it is kind of the reverse for them because sean breaks pretty quickly and he mm-hmm. figures him out but he also is he's the one who's going to stand up to him because like when he grabs him, he's mm-hmm. like, you know, don't disrespect my wife. That's where he's like, I'm in charge. Like, uh-huh. I know what I'm going to do. And then by the end of it, Will is the one who's, you know, broken through. Um, 
I wanted to ask, like, do you think a common criticism of this movie, especially in terms of like the ending and the it's not your fault scene, um, a lot of people say that that scene, you know, it's, it's obviously been memed quite a lot, but it's like a lot of people criticize it because it's saying that like therapy just cured him. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to know what you think, but I have never really seen it as that way. I've never necessarily seen it as like this moment was the thing where he was done. I think it was a breakthrough, but he obviously still has a lot of problems. But it was for me, it was like what really broke through was the not necessarily the power of mental um, counseling, but like he's just having a connection with somebody because mm-hmm. he's never been really able to do that and keep that steady. This is the first person that he pushed back and came back to him. Mm-hmm. And that stuck out to me more than being like therapy is the cure-all. Does that make sense? Like, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I I do think that this, like the therapy scenes have some some problems with it being like, uh, like it feels just a bit over-dramatized. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I think it's purposely over-dramatized because it needs to be shown in only 10, 15 minutes of actual, like, Yeah, it's a fictional movie. Yeah, Yeah. and so, but I think that it it demonstrates that therapy goal very well of creating, like, a trusting relationship between the two people, and you can see it in... uh, will's character or will uh that he i mean he gains respect from sean just because he is about to beat him up like yeah that's what gets him respect and because he's like uh challenged uh by sean and because like sean won't give up on him and because uh of all this stuff and i mean i think that like the it's not your fault scene is a little like okay this is kind of a lot but yeah but also it's like damn you can feel the feel the breakthrough kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, and feel the emotion of him breaking down and like yeah. it, that needed to happen yeah he is really good in it um let's let's shift gears a little bit let's talk about i, w- I want to talk about skylar and will i think a lot of people my mother included have always cons- thought that they like aren't good together because they don't have chemistry. And I totally disagree with that because I totally believe their relationship. God. Yeah. I think they're two fucking brilliant people that just (laughs) found each other. They're also, they're super smart. They're super attractive. They're both like goofballs, Mm -hmm. like them. Like their first date, they go to a knickknack store, like Uh the dollar store. And they're just like picking up like little knickknacks and Uh will does this fucking magic trick. Always made me laugh as a kid. (laughs) And get a hot dog. And then get get, get a hot dog. And like, then they just Uh kiss while they're eating. Like they're totally goofy and, totally oh like bubbly and in love and it's sweet like i love it like yeah that first date scene it's like how can you not smile yeah I mean, like it, literally it feels so pure <laughs> absolutely like i would love a first date like that yeah. like it seemed to go so well you know yeah. um you know and, and he obviously you know he tries to and she she can hang too she mm. has one of the stories at the bar like they're yeah. hanging out and like <laughs> she tells that whole story a, a joke that i did not get until i was much uh, older where he's like about the the irish old people and she's like yeah, give yeah. us a kiss like i thought yeah. that was so gross <laughs> but you, yeah. I, you don't get that when you're Ten when uh-huh. I should not have watched this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, but speaking of that, also want to give a shout out to thank Ben Affleck for introducing the phrase "bombed out of his tree." <laughs> that is 
Absolutely amazing. That is such a good oh, phrase. God. My uncle was bombed out of his tree. What the <laughs> fuck does that even mean? That's so fucking good. There's too many quotable lines from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other thing that makes yeah. it add to that realism is in that scene when Casey Affleck just keeps asking questions. He's like, you've heard this story before. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, there was an accident. It was like, keeps hearing us like, bang, bang. And he's like, well, what was it? He goes, shut the fuck <laughs> up. He just yells. <laughs> he just yells yeah. at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good because again that scene i feel like in any other situation like someone would probably cut it down it's because it's two mm-hmm. long stories and you just have to have the camera kind of moving about like in like this semi-circle formation but like everyone's everyone's a good hang everyone's just hanging out having a good time like who doesn't want to just hang with fun people yeah it's like the essence of this movie yeah <laughs> just being like having fun and being yourself and like you know just having good friends like that that is worth those minutes spent in the movie i think because Mm -hmm. like you get to see who will really is because of this and and that's why i think he is like him and skylar are good together you know because like clearly she can hang out with his friends if if she was like the classic you know smart harvard person Mm -hmm. uh like no i wouldn't that would not be yeah, it's like if they get the two completely opposite ends of the spectrum of the stereotypical Ivy League student in her and in the the one guy who approaches them at the bar who's oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, the class was in between recess and lunch. <laughs> yeah. Like that guy's the stereotypical like, yeah. you know. Douchebag. Yeah, douchebag. <laughs> and Will gets him when he's like, I love when he says like, you know, he's like, yeah, and I'll be, you know, I'll be, I'll see you at the drive-thru while I'm going up to you know, at, uh, with my kids for a ski trip. I was like, it's fine. At least I won't be unoriginal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, such a yeah. good. And then he gets him again with the, I got a number. How about, <laughs> how you like them apples? Yep. How many people do you think since this movie came out in the last 23 years have tried to, have tried to pull that quote? <laughs> you just can't do it. It just doesn't work. It's so I'd perfect in this. Tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I think that they, and you know, even when they're just like laying in bed, like making out with each other and she's like, got like the eight ball and they're oh, just yeah. talking about what they're, they're like jokingly talking about, like how she's tall and could be <laughs> on the, like in the NBA <laughs> and like, dunk, yeah. dunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about I, I can't have sex with you until we meet your, meet your friends. Uh, it's like four thirty in the morning. Let's uh, let's give them a call. <laughs> I get an advance payment. <laughs> you know they're like their energies just match. Yeah, I love Mini Driver in this movie, and I think yeah. that's why it makes the scene later so hard to watch. I mean, other than there's a lot of shouting and a lot of yelling, but like you know, it gets it gets violent for them at the end because mm. this is when the defense mechanism really comes out and he yeah. really goes down. Like Will is like goes down these rabbit holes of just like of defeat and he gets in you know it's the classic self-sabotage move right where he's just like you know all right you're gonna then you're just gonna marry some rich prick and i'm never gonna see you again or whatever and you know he's and then he says like you know that he was an orphan he never had 12 brothers and it's tough like he says he straight up says to her i don't love you Mm -hmm. that is a that's tough beat, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like that is, but that's it really shows rough. how strong his his defense mechanism is because I mean he really doesn't want to get hurt. Yeah, he doesn't want to get attached to her because he's so safe in his little world. Yeah, uh, and like, like that's the amazing thing about this the therapy. It's it's him saying you have to take this jump in order to you know 
move on and start experiencing different parts yeah. of the world uh which it it's scary and i think that's what kind of appeals to younger audiences because it's like oh yeah we have to be going through this right now where we have to be jumping into a new world it feels like every year uh and it takes a lot of courage oh yeah for sure and also kind of continuing on that like this movie also like when you go down like a rabbit hole of like anxiety and like feeling like i can't do this i have to like end up being self-sabotage like it's it's interesting to see it happen in like three different scenarios right like it all happens at once he loses you know, he loses, he breaks up with Skylar, and the next day he has the job interview with the NSA, which he turns down, and then he has them meeting with, with Sean, where he starts snapping at him, and then they just, you know, then their relationship is over. So, like, and he having goes to Lambo's office and like burns the paper. Yeah, and yeah, done exactly. Doing... Like having all of those moments of just like it just keeps falling and he keeps falling and falling and falling. Like I like I relate to that because you have those moments like those spouts of just like everything's over everything's done <laughs> this is terrible i can't i have to yeah. i can't do it i have to go back yeah i have to go back to what i know and it's uh you know i, I like that the movie because the, the movie can get away with that because that mm-hmm. feels it feels very relatable when it leads to the great scene of you know chucky telling him like about the best part of his day which is so good yeah that is damon or that is affleck at his best yeah, he absolutely. is so fucking great and like you know it is kind of this and I, this is not my you know original thought that is not my idea but like you know i heard on a podcast once it's like you talk you see this and it kind of is interesting of like a like a uh, manifestation of like where their careers are going like from this point is after this you know affleck does a bunch of blockbusters and damon is in like saving private ryan Mm -hmm. and still a movie star but is much more kind of strategic with his plans and is like trying to you know work with interesting directors and work with interesting people and affleck is the movie star Mm -hmm. you know he was you know he's batman you know he uh but and then finally becomes like a, you know, very famous, uh, well-renowned director. But it it's so cool to see them in this because they're both so good. And you have to have one scene where Chucky is just as good as Damon. Yeah. And having that scene where he's like, you know, you don't owe it to yourself. Mm. You owe it to me. Because yeah. tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be 50. Like, that is so good. Yeah. Where he's just like, yeah, you... You know, like, and and that is an interesting idea because, like, a lot of this movie, I think you could make the case that it is kind of repetitive because a lot of it, especially towards the third act, is very much like, "Come on, Will! Like, you don't. What do you want? Like, what do you want? Like, you got to do what you, you got to do what you're capable of. You got to know what you're capable of." And then finally, someone else is like, "Hey, you know what? You're gonna do this for me." Do something for me for once. Mm-hmm. And to have him say that is so good and makes the speech so much more powerful. And again, having him be like, I hope that there's a day when I walk up to your door and knock on the door and you're not going to be there. And that makes it so much more fun. Like at the end when he actually does that, it's so rewarding. Yeah. To have a friend that good that is willing to say, I want you gone. Yeah. <laughs> I want you out of my life because I want the best for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like i think that's like that's what's amazing between the characters of will and uh uh ben affleck's character chucky Chucky, yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um like that's how you really can tell that like this is an amazing friendship like honestly getting a car as well oh my god yeah totally forgot about that yeah watching it yeah yeah i was like shittiest fucking car i've ever seen in my life (laughs) yeah like that's like real really really deep friendship yeah Uh, and yeah that scene is 
very deep and yeah i love the ending the whole thing of like yeah seeing him walk up to the door giving sean the note he's like i gotta go see by my girl final line (laughs) improvised by robin williams son of a bitch (laughs) stole my line (laughs) this is a great way to end a movie it's so uh (laughs) all right let's go to analyze this We talked a lot about already about you know the theme of um, a friendship. I think is kind of at the forefront. This movie is just you know about the cogs of a relationship, whether it be friendship or romantic or you know, kind of more uh, family oriented. Um, you know, I think and I, I think a lot of it. Um, shit, what was I gonna say? Um, oh, I, I think a lot of it, it like, again, also it, what they do really well that I hadn't noticed before was like how each character kind of has this feeling of where they are in their lives and what they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like Chucky's never going to have the same opportunity that Will does. Will doesn't really know what he wants to do. Gerald went down one path and, um, Sean. and Sean went down the, uh, went down the other. Um, so it is fun to see this character kind of at this crossroads moment trying to figure out you know, what's the right decision? And realistically, there isn't a right decision, which is the the painful part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's great. And also, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, Skylar was inherited, like inherited like this, this wealth and is now able to go to, to medical school. And, you know, she's not really happy about necessarily the fact that she lost her father, but got this, but that's the path that she's on. It, it's, it's, it's great that everyone is kind of, <clears throat> coming at this from a different angle of where they're going in life and what decisions that they choose mm-hmm. to make. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like each character, you can tell, has a backstory uh, and has, like... It's interesting watching them all come together, too, because some of them have competing interests, Lambo and... Uh, Will and Sean Mm -hmm. all have like different ideas of what success is like what uh, what it means to have like a meaningful life and so does uh, like so does Chucky and it seems like uh, like that's the thing that Will is that's the story that's like the arc of it him trying to find what a good life is for him and him being pulled in multiple, multiple directions by a lot of people and it being complex and being like, wow, I have these amazing opportunities at, uh, the NSA at like these top, uh, organizations. I have these, uh, I have Skylar to think about. I have my friends and my, my home to think about because it's like, those are really important to him. And, you can't have them all. Um, so it is kind of, it, it's like scary cause you have to choose yeah. uh, who it is that you want to go with. And I think that's what like makes his relationship with Sean. So impactful. Cause it's like, I can truly trust you. I can trust that what you're saying is the right thing to do, even though it's the scary thing to do. 
Because uh, trust is <laughs> trust is life. <laughs> wow, that's a very powerful statement, Vinny. <laughs> no, you're you're totally right, though, and I think that yeah, the trust that they um, eventually gain for one another is obviously very important. Um, the you know, and he chooses you know the path of friendship more than um, than uh, success. Uh, the other thing too is I think that kind of just continuing uh, down that road is that like. Again, the importance of, um, you know, reaching out and helping somebody and uh, because, you know, they're both Will and Sean are obviously extremely damaged, Mm -hmm. but they have to break that wall in between each other and be like, it's kind of a Jerry Maguire thing where it's like, help me help you, you know, kind of thing. And it's um, the it's important to be in touch with yourself and have an emotional connection. I feel like a lot of a lot today it's a little bit more normalized today than it was in the 90s but it's I, I think it's much more uh easy for people to be in touch with themselves or start to like figure out who they are emotionally there are still so many people in our in you know in society today that are just like completely headstrong and void of like don't want to think about don't want to think those, about their stuff emotionally yeah so having someone there to like you know to help you and also know that like you can't really work all this out on your own, you know, there's some, like, you know, Will tries to pretty much thinks he has it all figured out mm-hmm. because he's like, yeah, we'll, t- we'll take our kids to Little League. I'll live here the rest of my life, you know, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. you, you do need these people in your lives to kind of kick you in the ass and be like, no, this is like, you to have show to figure you what you don't know. Yeah, right? show you what you don't know. Cause yeah, you need him. Like, this movie would be completely different if Sean doesn't have that meeting with Will in the park and he's like, you know, do you think I know the first thing about your life because I read Oliver Twist? You know, yeah. you haven't actually seen anything. You haven't had any experiences. And it's also the importance of life experience of yeah. working through these emotions and, uh, you know, just trying to find, you don't necessarily find solutions, but trying to have a breakthrough and trying to get to the other side and manage it. Um, okay, I want to talk about the park, the park scene. Yeah, okay. Bit. Oh, my God. I, like... I love that scene. It's so good. Yeah, it really is. Um, And, like, I think there's something so, like, profound to it because the whole story is about, like, this genius and how he's the smartest guy. uh, And that whole scene is about him saying why you're not smart, why you're not, why you don't know a lot of things. And it's showing this difference between you can have a lot of you can read a lot of books you can have a lot of knowledge uh like um you know a lot of facts but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know a lot of things there's this yeah uh like there's uh an interesting thing in philosophy which i had studied back in college yeah break out Uh, the philosophy come on come on (laughs) uh like there's a difference between knowledge that and knowledge how. Uh, so, like, knowledge that would be, like, like Will's knowledge, like, a collection of facts, basically. Whereas knowledge how is, um, like, you might say, like, knowing how to juggle. Like, you can read a book on knowing how to juggle, but it doesn't mean you know how to juggle. Right, yeah. Uh, whereas, like, Sean knows what it's like to be in a war uh, at the Sistine Chapel, uh, have a have his wife die, uh, and he knows that he doesn't know about what it's like to be an orphan, um, and I think that's like a big thing 
in society nowadays like in the age of information like we can all effectively be will huntings and just google whatever we want uh, yeah whenever we want uh but that doesn't mean we know a lot yeah uh it doesn't mean we have a lot of that like um that like procedural knowledge like that is crucial and there's a difference in being an expert in something and like that doesn't mean that you just googled things yeah. like like there's all the like anti-vaxxers are like well i'm an expert and i read uh about it online i did my do your own research yeah um it's like no you have to like you have to live it there's something to lived experience that is different qualitatively uh compared to this sort of just like first second hand uh uh knowledge that you just read about you know yeah absolutely and the whole thing yeah because that's the essence of that scene is broken down to you're a genius but you're also an idiot because you don't you just don't know and it is cool to have like and this is kind of i mean i kind of hate this trope in movies of like the old generation new generation but it is interesting to have it as like williams and damon because you know williams had been around for a while at that point since the 70s and known as this kind of energetic comedic genius and here comes damon this acting um you know uh, this you know force in acting and a presence in movie stardom and it is kind of this cool like idea of this guy like hey i've been i've been around for a while and i know you probably think this is the way to go and you have it all figured out in terms of like your career or what you think you want to do for your life but no matter how much preparation you do, you don't know until it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it is. And again, you have to have that moment. Like he basically like hits him in the face and is like, you are not going to know as much as you know, until you live so much more of your life. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> until you, until you acknowledge that you don't know a lot of things because yes. he's using this defense mechanism of his intelligence to like, you know, one up everyone else. Whereas in fact, it should be him. You should want to learn. You should want to say like, I don't honestly know what you've lived through. I can't just read it. I can't just look at your painting and know what your entire life has been like. Yeah. Uh, And so like that humility is, uh, I don't know. I think it's so beautifully portrayed through that scene. I totally agree. It's like one of the best scenes in the movie, if not the best. I mean, yeah. it's the writing is so good. Um, I wish I could read books as fast as Will Hunting does, though. <laughs> I know. He does like two pages oh, a second. God. What the fuck? Know, He's right? just cruising. I know. <laughs> he just lived his yeah. His living room is just a chair and surrounded <laughs> by random books. Oh God. Good Lord. Imagine. <laughs> God, he gets the publisher's clearinghouse getting a lot of <laughs> a lot of letters from South Boston. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we've talked, you know, extensively about this movie, uh, and it's obviously one of our favorites. It is your favorite. Um, we gotta bring it home. Let's talk about the or let's ask the big final question. If you could sum it all up in, you know, as as eloquently as you can. <laughs> why do you love this movie and why is it your favorite? I love this movie because because it's about real things and being human uh, above above anything else um, that we shouldn't have to sacrifice 
our humanity over any skill that we have. We shouldn't have to sacrifice that for anything. Um, I think there's so many people out there who have been will huntings, who have been geniuses, and who haven't had a Sean, uh, I mean, and have taken their own life, have lived the rest of their life in, you know, just solitude and not being understood. Yeah. And it, it's like really about that power of being understood uh, and how that can change a person. And I think as like, that's one of the driving things that makes me want to study psychology. It's one of the things I love about um, meeting people and trying to understand their worlds. And I think it's just, I don't know many movies other than this one that portrayed that so well and so beautifully. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's interesting. Like we both, I've also like, we both found kind of, uh, an interest in our fields through this movie. Like this was, again, I think any kind of, uh, uh, like, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, hmm. I guess like any kind of like milestone movie, like a movie that like is a big deal for you and kind of set you on your path. Um, this, cause like this movie to me, any movie, for me where I was like, this made me think of this, this made me think of this and changed my way of thinking about movies is always going to be, you know, a big deal to me. Even if like years later, I'm like, I don't really like it as mm-hmm. like, it doesn't hit me the same, mm-hmm. you know, but like I was scared. Cause like I said, I hadn't seen this movie in years, like all mm-hmm. the way through. <clears throat> and so I was so happy that I would still call it one of my favorites. And I think the big thing for me, you know, I love the friendship stuff. I love everyone's chemistry, but really, again, I think it's the dialogue because I, I love, like it's honestly it is kind of music because it's it's fast it's conversational it's fucking funny there's mm-hmm. a dialect to it mm-hmm. there's great word choice there's great phrasing there's just it so much of what going on what is going on is so embedded into the way these people talk to one another and that's what i love about movies that can do that and also make it interesting there are so many scenes in this movie it's just two people talking they have to do it in such minimal setup and it doesn't leave a lot of room for big crazy camera work or like really elaborate shots it's more just about just look at what these characters are are doing and also look at their faces like how are they reacting to one another based on what is being said and there's a lot of like verbal combatants there and I I really love that and any movie that can do that you know is obviously super fun but the performances and you know the honesty where everyone was at their point in their careers everyone is so young and yeah like I agree that like watching it now having graduated into a pandemic and still you know finding trying to find the next step um you know you see the struggle you see um the need for connection you see the the need for help whether there's a desire for it or not but you um you can very clearly see that and i i again it's all about the honesty for me i think that everyone's so honest about the performance and what they're saying they believe what they're saying that again it separates it from other 90s like kind of uplifting um cheesy romantic movies like like Finding Forrester or something, which is also a Gus Van Sant movie, but that is like kind of the way too um, overly trying to be important kind of cheesy movie, whereas this is like, you know, one They're of the... They're not beating your, you over the head. Yeah, this is, does, doesn't beat you over the head. Then I think that's why it's kind of one of the one of the staples of the 90s and is still well-known and discussed 
today and that's 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 why i love it yeah any uh do you have any final thoughts or Hmm. i don't know i can't wait to watch this movie again yeah (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much tyler that does it for this episode of frankly i love movies huge thanks to tyler as always uh for uh for taking the time out of his day to come talk with us. Uh, if you'd like more Frankly I Love Movies content, you can check us out on Facebook at Frankly I Love Movies, on Twitter and Instagram now at Frankly Podcast. And you can follow me on Letterboxd at Big Walls 21 for all recent movie reviews. Frankly, I Love Movies is part of the Orion Valley Productions podcast network where you can listen to other shows such as Ravnik Avengers, which is our real play D&D podcast, and Tea Time with Titans, all about Attack on Titan. New episodes of that are out every single Wednesday. And uh, as always, come back in two weeks uh, where I'll be talking uh, about another special movie with a special guest. Until then, I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. Mm-hmm.